<laughs> Dude, I'm <always> laughing, yo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I gotta be like the pioneer to the shit, you know? I, I, I was popping that Chris Dow and a lot of y'all niggas thought it was B and shit, you know? We're in that platinum shit when all y'all chicks thought it was silver and shit. Yo, I spit that other shit, that's a nice motherfucker shit Fed time, follow me around, do you cover shit nigga? You bid money, I'm all year money I'm popping, you ain't gotta count it, it's all live money I never change money, cause niggas got strange money Knocked up, marked up, fucked up in the game money I got bail money Double XL money You got flash now But time will reveal money I spit the hottest shit You need it I got it shit That downside Master P Bout it bout it shit I got blood money Straight up thug money That brown paper bag Under your mattress Drug money You got show though Little to no though It's the one of our episode 114 You got special guests In the building today Very special Really don't need no induction We gonna get an induction Some people know him as Rab Towns, South Philly legend. I call him Dad, but you know, everybody call him Rab. You know what I'm say what's up to the say what's up to the guests, Dad. What's up, everybody? I, mean, I wanted to get you on this. John. I had to get you on here. I had two ball players last week, so why not get like top of the top on this, John? So we just gonna jump right into it. Hey, you speak on your upbringing first, like. Um, I grew up on a uh, twenty two hundred block of um, Garrett, in between Reed and Dickinson. With my mom and my sister, um, my father left at an early age. When I was like in the sixth grade, and uh, I started playing or hanging out on Twenty Third and Reed at the park. That's the first time I got introduced to basketball. Twenty Fourth Street Park, basically, right? Yeah. The park. Yeah. What got you the first like interested in playing basketball? Though, like, what made you like? What started your love for the game? Well, um, for some apparent reason, I knew how to dribble a basketball and. It was a guy by the name of Mike Morris. He saw me playing or dribbling the ball in a block, and he asked me to come over to the park. So when I went over to the park, I met a bunch of guys that I that's longtime friends now, and I started playing ball with them on the crates. And that's so that was like the first experience you remember as far as basketball. Yeah, I mean besides seeing it on television, but me personally, somebody like asking me to play and me. A little nervous, but going over there to play with some guys that I so never basically knew. like what skin and stuff did us. Yeah, when just scooped us, us up. Yeah. yeah, you say you like was a natural though at it, right? You say like you uh, got it, like you picked up the game, like yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that difficult. I mean, I guess at an early age I was a student of the game. You know, I used to watch a lot of television, and my favorite player was Isaiah Thomas. So I used to watch him a lot, and like I guess when I finally got a chance to play. Some of the stuff that guys was working, you know, extra hard on it became, you know, was came natural to me. Yeah, for sure. So you could say he was a prodigy then if he got that joint, like, that's crazy. So speaking on what it was like, uh, so playing at Southern, like, how would you how would you describe playing? You know, take, take us through the years at Southern. Uh, I'm going to go back a little further than that. I started actually playing at 19th and Wharton at mm-hmm. Smith Elementary School. And from me playing in the park, I had kind of developed um, a little scoring that. So when I was over in, in sixth grade, I was averaging like 30 points. We wound up losing to McDaniel and them. How and, tall uh, was you then? I was probably like, probably like five, nine. 
Six, maybe six. I doubt if I was six, but probably like five, nine. So sixth grade? Yeah. Sixth grade. That's crazy, yo. That's crazy. That's crazy, yo. My my father's tall. We got a lot of people on my side, on my mom's side of the family. Especially Keith. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, it was like, uh, it was in my genes. So after I left Thomas, no, after I left Smith, I wound up going to Thomas down um, 9th and Johnson. I played down there for 7th and 8th grade. And then I wound up going to Southern. Um, somewhere, really, I wasn't supposed to go. I wasn't. Even, I was supposed to go to Bartram. I wanted, <laughs> was Southern I, crazy like that back then? Like I throw d- off? Listen, I just told somebody this yesterday when I rode past Southern. Southern was like gladiator school. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. Remember, it was like that in our era too. Yeah, like real red. My ninth grade year, I literally saw everybody in the city. Uh, no, everybody in South Philly fighting from. Fifth Street to Seventh Street, from Thirteenth Street to Tasker, Tasker to <laughs> Passion, <laughs> uh, Wilson. It wasn't. It wasn't nobody. Everybody fought. I mean, this is every day. I mean, every day. So was, was that a choice or was it like a? No. Nah, what happened was I was supposed to uh, get my transfer papers together. Um, my eighth grade year at Severn. No, at Thomas, I wound up getting suspended. I was so worried about. The suspension that I forgot to give my mom the paper. So, you know, once you don't do the paperwork, they send you to your local your neighborhood school. Yeah, 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 yeah. was it. Damn. And I was like, I ain't want to go. But my mom was like, listen, your ass got to go. Grandma, yeah, don't play, yeah, she don't play that. Like, like yeah. you put yourself in that position, so you got to deal with this. I mean, I think the roughest year for me was my ninth grade year because I had to get accoladed to all the wild stuff. But yeah. after that, it was like. You figure though too When you play sports And you ain't in none of that BS You ain't yeah. gotta worry about yeah. that Anyway yeah. like yeah. You ain't, So yeah. it's just a matter Of getting established like. Yeah I mean I, uh, As far as with all the Dumb stuff in the streets Like And I knew a bunch of guys From Throughout the city of, of South Our neighborhood So it was like I got a pass With all the craziness Cause everybody yeah. knew I, was, I wanted to play ball So It was cool you know, one story that always stick out with me. I always, remember, I always used to talk to, like, Lou Meyer. So, Lou said when he was there, right, I guess Lou was, like, the lead guard yeah, at that joint. He, he was the man. When yeah. I first, when I first got there, he was the guy. He yeah. was the main guy. That's what he said. He said, he said yo, he said, once I graduated, he said, Rav took off. So, she looking like, I'm like, damn, was I holding him back? Like, <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, actually, actually I, he was part of the reason why I got on the team. I mean, I got on. I made varsity in tenth grade. He was a twelfth grader, and he was the man. What wound up happening was I was like the sixth man off the bench, but I pretty much finished all the games. Mm-hmm. So it was like it was always me, him. So you get like uh, starting minutes, yeah, yeah, like that. Type it was of it was me, Lou Myers, um, um, y'all know Biggie Menace, yeah, yeah it's Pop. That's, Sean, that's yeah. my godson. Um, his father, Sean Menace. Barry Lewis, and Arthur Russell, Bunky, Bunk. And it was like that was our five. If, um. And for the most part, like I said, I learned so much from those guys. It wasn't that they was holding me back. It was like I pretty much – they allowed me to do what I wanted to do, but I knew that it was like a pecking order. Mm-hmm. It was like my turn would come. And I knew those dudes was a little older than juniors and seniors. So, you know, eventually my time was going to come – I didn't know it was going to come so fast. I mean, Lou graduated, Sean graduated. The following year when I got in 11th grade, pretty much – they handed over the keys to me. Turn up, turn let up, me, yeah. yeah, let me do what I wanted. Y'all had y'all three. You, Bonk, and I forgot. What's the other one? Jay, right? Yeah, Jay. Jay, yeah, yeah Jay. Jay. So Jay what was Morris. like, what was that preparation process, knowing that, like, the keys would definitely be passed down to you at some point? Well, I mean, like I said, I was a – at the time, I just loved basketball. Like, I would play all day, every day. Wherever it was some record, I was going. So <laughs> I pretty much prepared myself when I knew that 
none of those guys was going to be there. So I wound up playing down Sunny Hill that that um that summer. I played in all the rec anywhere in South Philly was basketball I played. That so, just go to show you how old Sunny Hill yeah. was. Yeah. So so when, when I got back to school, I was ready. I was ready to go. So that was that. That's crazy. Like, and they always say that too. Uh, like Lou was saying that Bunky. Tell me about your what? And Bunky was like, he said, y'all went to the Southern Union. He said, niggas came to Southern. I didn't even play the basketball team. He said, I got in the game. He said, <laughs> <laughs> Bunk said, half y'all niggas ain't good in the show. That's cr- that's crazy. Well, you got a question? Yeah. So when you was in high school, like you know, when you average, of course, forty one points, like probably your biggest like yeah, forty one. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Biggest accolade. It, they said it's only two people. I seen somewhere it said it's only two people that did that. It was Wilt Chamberlain. No, uh-huh. not at Southern, but I'm um, talking about in Philly. Yeah, in Philly history. Yeah, yeah. Philly I, history. Yeah, I explained that to somebody the other day at my job because they was telling me about what they was doing at um at West Philly. So they showed me these stats. The guy was averaging like seventeen. <laughs> hey, shit, the forty one. So, so I was like, "Yeah, he was hooping." He's because he kept saying, he kept telling me, yeah, they said you could play and this that another." Because I don't as much as long, as as long as I play basketball, I really never even said. I let everybody else do all the talking. Like it's just like nonchalant to me. So, Told you. So, so so we was talking. So we was talking. So he started showing me clippings and all this and all that. So I pulled out that. I went to that. I was like, "Listen, man, look at look at this." And um, I showed him, I like, um, tell me those averages. So he was like, somebody averaged 47 and somebody averaged 41. So I said, um, look at the name. So he saw Will Chamberlain and he saw Kareem Town. So he was like, <laughs> damn, I didn't know you averaged that much. I said, well, for the most part, like, it, it wasn't, it was it really wasn't difficult because I know after my junior year, I went to Nike camp and I played against the top players in the country. And I held my own. I went into camp. I was ranked like 157th in the country. And when I got out of camp, I was ranked 32. Damn. So Damn. I made a hell of a jump. And I knew if I could play with the best. Ain't nothing that's up. Yeah. And, 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 and once that got in your head, that yeah, shit was like. <laughs> it was like when people really looked over. Like everybody looked over my junior year. I mean, even though I had a great senior year, yeah. I had an awesome uh Junior year, I averaged. I led the pub in scoring my junior year. Nobody don't talk about that because I, I only averaged thirty. Yeah. So only that's crazy. That's only I, 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 I scored. I averaged thirty, and then I just I just added another eleven points my senior year, and it was like um, I knew for a fact that I was pretty much ready because, like I said, when I went to camp and I was playing against Jason Kidd, Travis Best, Glenn Robinson, uh, Chris Weber, Jalen Rose. I was I handled myself against those dudes, so I knew and nobody in the city wasn't gonna do nothing. These some real nigga names: Chris yeah, Weber, Jalen Rose. That's, that's yeah, big dog was there too. Glenn Robinson. Glenn Robinson. Yeah, you know what I always yeah. say though too. Like how you was just saying when you went from eighth grade to ninth grade. You know nowadays they put you on like a Newman Garetti because you like a highly toured. Like they put you on like they, Southern probably on the major radar. Like this in this era, they wouldn't even say they would have said you was wasting your time going to Southern. Oh, I would have transferred. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy though. 30, 30. And he what you had a stack in two years. Like Hell yeah. yeah. So I mean you started all four years, you got two two what stacks. Was, what was some of the schools that was like giving you like <coughs> competition a little bit? Yeah, back then was the Um the best schools in the city was in the Catholic League was Roman and Nomi. In the pub it was Gratz, Franklin Learning Center. And <clears throat> my senior year, Gratz played Franklin Learning Center. We lost to Franklin Learning Center by one. 
on some, on some freak call with like about at the Civic Center, right? Yeah, like about ten seconds left. We lost seventy one seventy two. After that, Grass wound up think Grass wound up beating Central by like forty points. And Damn, Grass played Frank Leonard in the championship. So I almost made it to the championship. One call changed everything. That's how it always go too. One so, call. What was like your favorite like matchup? Like whether it be in practice or like, well, <clears throat> that one joint that you look for. Like was, I'm gonna get. That, it. that was another it. thing. On my team, I felt like I had the best defender in the city, Jay yeah. Myers. So I played against Jay every day. He made it tough for me every day. Yeah. And all the other teams in the city didn't have Jay Myers. So <laughs> yeah. I knew what I was going to do against them. No cap. So. <laughs> And that take like a burden off you too, because you can have Jay sticking the best players. You free to go off, so you ain't got to worry yeah. about like, <clears throat> yeah, that's- like something else. Like like when I was in high school, it was like I played against Jay every day in high school. Like he defended me in high school, but then like summertime, I would play against Jerome Poo Allen. I would play against Aaron McKee, and I got off against those dudes, and those dudes was great well, defenders. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like if them dudes is not on other squads. So what you gonna do if? Really can't defend, and mm-hmm. all that double teaming and stuff really didn't mean it because you could, you could see all that coming. Mm. I want to say like who gave you the run for your money, but it's like you average like thirty, like you said, and yeah, forty. Somebody so ever gave you thirty back? I just talked about some guy that was he, he was second in the league in scoring. He probably the only dude that outscored me, but the catch was some guy named Eric White. I averaged 41. He averaged 37. Mm. We played them, and I think he finished with, like, 30, 36, 37. And I finished with, like, all I think all I had was 30. But we had beat him by, like, 30. So oh, I, didn't right. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even play. Yeah, he had that shit on his back. Yeah, he, he had to do that then. I mean, you lost the match. 30 in a win yeah. is good. Like, <laughs> you get 20 in a win, that's good. So 30 in a win is like, you feel me? They ain't can't really say that. So we gonna go like we can go forward now. On the when you went to LaSalle, what made you? What chose? What went into your decision to choosing LaSalle? Um, local. I wanted to be about my family. Lionel Simmons. Oh, and the main thing, <clears throat> I didn't get my SAT score. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to get the seven hundred. I wound up getting a six sixty. So I didn't want to get sent away somewhere and be by myself. At least if I was home, mm-hmm. I can go to my mom's house. I can see my friends and be a little bit more encouraged because he's like, it's hard going away to school when you by yourself. I actually wish I would have got the 700, though, because I wanted to go to UMass. Boston, right? In Boston? Yeah, that's the best where uh, Reef went. Yeah. <coughs> what Reef? From our way. Yeah, young boy. Yeah, he yeah, played um, football, yeah. John Calipari was there. Damn, he did coach there. Like, what people don't know is, before Calipari got Tariq Evans, D. Der- Rose, Derrick Rose, John Wall, uh, damn, who was here? He had a, some guy named Mike Williams. I was the first six three recruit because he got all he like all big guards. He, he, don't guard. like, he don't like no small guards. Mm-hmm. I was the first guard that he recruited. And if I would have got to school, I definitely was going there. 
Like, don't get me wrong. The sound turned out to be okay. But if I could do it all over again, I was going to UMass. Without no doubt. Without doubt. He went, what he did he do? He did UMass, Memphis, then he went to Kentucky, right? Yeah, yeah so that's to yeah. turn every program. He great, no, he great at developing guards. He allows guards to play. That's what I mean. So what, what was it like becoming a father? <laughs> to this little bundle of joys. <laughs> the first one, your oldest boy. Yeah. <laughs> my, um, my junior. And then we gonna talk about yeah. your, your grandkid that's on the yeah. way next. My, <laughs> I don't believe him. They got three sons. So they ain't, they ain't <laughs> no, my um, my junior year when I found out um, I had a baby on the way, I was nervous because shit, I was I ain't gonna say I was barely taking care of myself, but I ain't had to do nothing. Yeah, like you know. Now it's like responsibilities is about to um, yeah. be at my door. Like I'm like, there's no way that I could not set a foundation for my son. And the thing was, it was like, all right, my mind was like, I gotta concentrate on really making, getting some money. If it's the league, if it's overseas or whatever, but I gotta make sure that when my son is born, that I'll be all right and we we be in a good position. Yeah. But I was more so shocked because I was still in school. But the good thing was. All I had was one more year. So okay. it wasn't like, you know, it was my freshman year. You know how you, you get sidetracked it. and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I pretty much was already established as far as school and academics. I knew I was graduating. I just had a year. All I had to do was just come back and do um, – I had an easy first semester. My second semester was a little tough. But I knew I was graduating, so I knew I was going to graduate in four years on time. Yeah. So the following year, I graduated. My son was at my graduation. That's that. You don't even remember that. <laughs> yeah, you're the young big wit. One story that's sticking with me, though, you told me, I never forget you were saying, like, tell them how you played against, like, remember Kobe was in high school, you was in LaSalle, you said he was killing everybody else, but when he got there, you told him, like, look, you might be killing them, oh, but yeah. you ain't fucking with me. Like, Yeah, um, his father, his father was my sister coach at LaSalle for, um, for two years, um, Joe Jelly Bean Bryant. And I would always, at the end of practice, go work out with him. Like, I would do extra stuff, and he would show me how to, like, shoot off the backboard from the middle, from the sides and all that, and Cole would always be with him. But while we practicing, Cole would be on the other side practicing, you know, working on the stuff, lifting weights. And like I said, I saw the potential at an early age. And we would sometimes, after practice, get dressed and go to Lord Mary and watch his games, and he's – yeah, scored 40, 50 on these guys. It was easy. But it was like he was doing it because you could tell he used to put a lot of work in. He worked hard as hell. So I always tell people he used to play against some juniors, some walk-ons on the squad, and he would be killing these motherfuckers. I'm talking about killing them. He'd be talking and all that. But whenever I would get on the court and play with him, I was, I was schooling because I, pretty, I knew how to play basketball, yeah. and I wasn't them. Mm-hmm. And like I like the thing was I remember one day I was at practice his pop pulled me to the side he was like yo man all he talk about is you he was like we played some exhibition games a couple games he like man he watching more tape with you than he is uh, than I am like you know assistant coach now watching yeah. like Kobe yeah. watching see like I'm looking for tapes at home and he got them so his knack for studying film which he carried on his late on his career he he did it in high school and it ain't too many guys you can say study the game like that, study what they got to do and study the other teams, you know, best players and stuff like that. So I got I had a great relationship with Cole. 
I always say too, they got like a, a similar build too back then. Yeah, I think it's what Kobe six six, you six four, but like skinny, like yeah. the frame. They had like a similar build sure. too, so that made sense why you study that, like study film on it. One of the one of the craziest craziest things I seen him do. We we had a game in Atlantic City, and I don't know how they set it up because it's basically LaSalle versus UMass. This mm-hmm. is when UMass, if they beat us, they was gonna be the number one team in the country, and they had Marcus Canby, uh, Lou Rowe. They had um, Edgar Padilla. They had some nice guards, Dana Dingles. It was a good game the first half, but they, they took off on us in the second half because they bigs was way better than ours. Mm-hmm. But prior to the game, we were shooting around, shooting around. So we go in the locker room, you know, our pep talk before we go in. But, but I'm hearing all this eyes and oohs, eyes and oohs. Cole was out there playing some ball one-on-one whole court. And it, it was so many people at the um, convention center in mm-hmm. Atlantic City. But when I was watching, I'm like, yo, man, this dude is on, like, another level. And he was only in 11th grade. So I, so I knew. I didn't expect for him to make the jump straight to the NBA, but the potential was there. I knew he Especially was. Especially since yeah. he was more than willing to put that work in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like mm-hmm. you said, it's, it's guys who want to go hang out, drink, smoke, do all the unnecessary things. But yeah. this dude, his life was basketball. Rain, sleet, and snow was basketball. Even, I even heard Kobe say that one time. He said, like, how, like, he talked about basically, like, the time gap, mm-hmm. how it would get bigger and bigger if he just adds one extra hour of working out. How over, like, a week it'll be seven extra hours compared to a person that only works seven less. You know what I'm saying? And he was saying, like, over years, he said, I done built a gap so far that ain't no way they could catch up. With him, it's like, the two craziest things to me is, as much as he loved basketball, I don't know how the hell he made time to make kids. That's one. <laughs> I was about to say that. And, and number, number two is like in anything in life, not only just sports, it, it could be you could have a regular nine to five. I mean, it's discipline. He disciplined himself, and he didn't need nobody to discipline himself. Like, you know, it's like. Yeah, nobody pushing it. He did nah, it himself, like, yeah. Nah, like he was, his motivation was he never wanted to fail. And don't get me wrong. You look at his career, he failed, he failed a lot of times. But unlike a lot of guys, his passion was like, okay, I'm going to step it up or I got to do a little extra to get myself the way I want to go. I thought, Like I said, I thought he was going to be good. I never thought he was going to be as good as he was. His career, yeah, career-wise. Yeah, I never thought he was going to be that good. I heard he said a story to the uh, AI. They was in L.A. So he, AI asked, like, yo, what you about to do? He said, I'm about to go uh, – I'm about to go shopping or something like that. So AI said, no, you ain't going to practice. That's what I'm practicing for. He like, it's the weekend or whatnot. AI said, he go back to the weight room. He said, this motherfucker in the weight room lifting weights and stuff like that. Like, so. That's, Trying to throw you on the game. Yeah, that's. <laughs> no, what's the thing he said? I think he got the best compliment he can give somebody. Shaq, even though they beefed, mm-hmm. Shaq said, yeah, we, didn't, we did the opposite things. He's like, we go on the road, we go out, party. He's like, here, go in the gym. You know, he'd be watching film. He said, I told my son, like, you know, don't believe what everybody say about me and this guy. He said, if you could be anybody in the world, I want you to be like him. Yeah. And that's like. Yeah. The ultimate compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, why not follow behind somebody that's going to put, put the work in? Like, I actually believe Cole could actually look in the mirror and say, I maxed out. I did everything possible. Some mm-hmm. guys can't do that. Seriously. And it's crazy, too. He was saying, though, he said, if Shaq was in, like, shape, shape, he said, they probably the one. They would have probably did another three peat. Like that's ain't no, ain't no that was his only him, beef with him. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. His, uh, his, he wanted motherfuckers that was going to work just as much as him, not knowing that you crazy. You on a whole different level. Level of work. Yeah. Else. 
That Michael Michael Jordan, I just put up son. Michael Jordan said the same thing. He was like, the only reason I didn't go to coaching was because I would be expecting people to be as crazy about the game as I was, and that wouldn't be fair for them. Yeah. <laughs> Mike said it about Colt. He was like, he probably the only guy he knew that was probably more obsessed with basketball than him. And that's nutty. I feel like Kobe get overlooked a lot with the whole like top talks. Oh yeah, like the because uh, greatest. you got Jordan, and then they try to just put Kobe on, right under Jordan, and then you comparing Jordan to LeBron. Well, for real, for real, Kobe legacy is really better than LeBron's. For real, for real. I wouldn't even compare. I always tell people I never compare LeBron to um, Kobe, Jordan. Oh, Jordan. Yeah. He more. He just more, a more. Uh, how can I say freak? He's a freak of nature. Like. It come easy. Athletic virgin. Yeah. A Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. God is big. That can see over everybody. That can do everything. Even though Magic wasn't athletic, he pretty much dictated and controlled the tempo of the game. LeBron just was more athletic, faster than all that. He was just I would compare him to him and Kobe to Jordan. Like so you needed, you needed more skill basically yeah. with the build that Jordan and Kobe yeah. had. Yeah. And even with LeBron getting all these numbers, about to be the all time leading score and all that, that Really wasn't his focus. Like he was all around player, right? Like you just he got to a squad where he had to instantly get on the court. Yeah. Like they wasn't winning, so it was like, are right, yeah, you yeah. getting early numbers? Your first two years, Kobe probably didn't even do that because he went to a winning organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kobe got to see the top early. The you know hit rock bottom and go back to the top. LeBron, don't get me wrong, he chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, but he realized also like, man, this ain't gonna work. That's why he got out of here the first time. Yeah. You know, we needed help or whatever. And that's cool. Like, you know, I just don't like after a while, all this team to team to team to team. Like, yeah, yeah, that shit is Gotta stay put. Yeah, you got to talk about that with KD. Like, right, you, yeah. you, you, you got enough pull where, though, you getting guys to come to you, you don't really have to go nowhere. Yeah, basically. You just got the bank through it. You know, what he got two years, 97, 97. 97 million. Only thing crazy about that, I mean, LA, listen, LA, LA going to generate money because. They're the franchise. They're yeah. on national television. They're going to make money. But, shit, giving him that money is – and Russell Westbrook about to make 40 – he got to be making 40-something this year. Yeah. Like, they really don't have no money to get he no really, players. He really just waiting for Bronny and Bryce. He's going to have to because he's going to win with the guy. He's going to win with the guy. He's going to win with the guy. He said, oh, no, Bryce, so Bryce, Bryce going too. <laughs> he got a, he got a hundred, right? Dane got a two-year, hundred, $100 million job too, right? Dane? Yeah, I think Dane got like a hundred, hundred million dollar contract. Basically almost 200, basically. Yeah. I'll, 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 I just told somebody yesterday, I love Dane. Dane getting all his money. But he getting a lot of money just to lose. Yeah, he just, like, he just, yeah. He just, he just saying that. He said he's going to yeah. die in Portland. Like, like, it's just, bro, shit. There's no way that I'm taking all that money and not giving myself Loyal two, two years, 122. A chance to win. So, Dan got? Yeah, Dan. We got Loyal to a fault. Uh, he opted this summer to lock in. 26-27 season, two-year contract extension, nearly worth uh, $122 The only thing with him, though, when he get paid. Signed in on the ninth. See, only thing I ain't like about that is all these dudes got one, got money on there, but it's three of them on there that's winners. Yeah. yeah. So you can have all that money, but you, and then you can go as far as saying there's two real winners. Yeah, that's crazy. That's what I'm saying. The one one because he went with the other one. Yeah. Piggybacking in his mouth. <laughs> oh yeah, so you got to speak on uh his LaSalle. It's like your average is LaSalle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I average um. It was twenty twenty two twenty three. My senior year, I was six in the country. I was averaging like 26. Only thing, like I said, I, I had a great time at LaSalle academic-wise and basketball. You know, getting to travel all, all over the country, whatever. The biggest problem with LaSalle was 
after Lionel left, Lionel Summers left, they was assuming that they was going to be able to get more guys like that from the city. Mm-hmm. But everybody started going different ways. So we never Like got, where? Where was they going? Uh, shit. She went to North Carolina. Jason mm-hmm. Lawson went to um, Villanova. Yeah, um, Jason Lawson went to Villanova. She went to North Carolina. Um, and the guys they brought in, big guys, was foreign guys. All you said it was trash, season. right? <laughs> yeah, they, were <laughs> they were soft, man. I'm talking about real soft. I had I had a guy, um, and I just left him. Crazy thing, he he, he down there roughing the games. Turk Lamont. Turk was good, but Turk was young. He was doing a lot of stuff in school. Where so he wound up getting himself kicked out. But he would have been a perfect piece if they would have got another, like out of center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would have he would have been perfect, but. They the recruiting started going downhill. It seemed like as soon as I got there, I'm gonna get real. I ain't never heard of the South. So you went there. I ain't never went. Somebody says like, I'm like, what the fuck is like? What is that? Like you're never like LaSalle was like I said. They was good. Lionel took them to. He put them on the map. And no, and the crazy thing is, if you go down the list, Michael Brooks was tough. He played for the Clippers in the league. He was there. Um, Tom Gola, Lionel. I mean, we pre- we produce a lot of pros. Doug Overton, Randy Woods. Uh, Sue Butler, um, train. The sound ain't never yeah. tried to reach back to you to try to like revamp they uh they shit. No, they <laughs> telling they tried to Man, take I, his I, job. I, I, I be, yeah. Would you take a coaching gig at LaSalle? Yeah, it would it would have to be a perfect situation for me. <laughs> 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 like, like like my young boy there now, he assistant coach, Donnie, Donnie Carr. Like yeah. me and Donnie talk all the time. He was like um the new coach. Which which coached against me and him. Um, at he was from the University of Penn. Um, uh, damn, what the hell is his name? Um, Fran Dumfrey. Mm-hmm. He been asking about me about just like the Hall of Fame and some other stuff that's supposed to be coming up. Now, so I'm supposed to be going up there soon to talk to them about that stuff. But man, it is what it is. I I got what I needed out of LaSalle. I got a free education out of free it. education exactly. In college ball back then, which positions was the most like important? Where did you want to have a good player at which position? Because now it's like shooters, but what was it like back then? Like for me, I wish at that time I just wish I had a nice center and a nice, I say, give or take a three man. Okay, because I had a, I had a solid point guard and this guy named Paul Burke. He played for Chestnut Hill, but he played in down the hill. He played with all black guys, so he was feisty. Like, he never backed down. Like, for the most part, whenever we played all the guards in the country, me and him held our own. We would always get defeated because the bigs. The bigs. Yeah, the trees, yeah. So that was, our, that was our Achilles heel. So you think you would need, like, a big, like, an AD type of big? Or yeah, like, like an offensive or a defensive? Yeah, um, it would have been good to have, yeah. Somebody like AD would have been Somebody would catch the ball and kick yeah. that shit back yeah. up to <laughs> But then, like, say if he tired, somebody could get their own yeah, bucket, too. Bro, like, you right. like... Cause, Cause you get a ball down to the guys and foreign dudes, man. They was just pushing them off the block. They, <laughs> <laughs> they losing the ball. Twigs, they <laughs> trees. That's crazy. You yeah. Look up, you look up. You got three turnovers because you just trying to make entry passes to them guys. Yeah. That's crazy. I always wanted to know that because it seemed like now you just need what they call it three and D. Just yeah. somebody that can shoot. Yeah, I mean, for the, the game has changed definitely. Like you really look at you look at the league. Like in all honesty. It's only really two, if you want to say two dominant centers, and that's Embiid and, and, and uh, Yo, Joker. Yeah. Who else do you really – what others – like, just 
Think about the boy who just went to Minnesota. You you can get in the ball ten times, he couldn't score. No, T Mac was clowning. He said, "What do you work on in the summertime? Like you can't. Yeah, that's you getting paid all this money, but." Guess what? When he play against Embiid, we gonna get cooked. When he play against Joe, he gonna get cooked. Yeah. Because all you, all they gotta do with him is, is make him come out of the lane. Mm-hmm. Right they can shoot threes and stuff like that. Like with him, he great. Don't get me wrong. He can hit good defender. That's the. That's it though. That's his job. Like yeah. you know, and I respect him for it. But if we 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 ain't drawing them no plays for him. He ain't gotta worry about yeah, getting yeah, to play yeah. the whole season. No, no but for two hundred twenty-seven million dollars, his own points like off the scraps and stuff like that. Y'all give me fifteen for two hundred twenty-seven. I about to say fifteen, sixteen. Y'all give me fifteen for two hundred twenty-seven million dollars. Y'all give me. He should be able to get that easy just off the scraps. Yeah, yeah. you tall yeah. as hell. Yeah, definitely. Then like you got you got this boy next to you that want to shoot three, so you got to rebound him. And you got yep. some, yeah. you got some got some guards. Hopefully they can get in the ball. Floor definitely gonna be spread though. It was trying to spread the floor more. They definitely improved. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Is even though he's not the kind of player that we want to watch, he he improved that team. You know what I say though? I hate he was in the All Star game. Why did he put him in the All Star game? He is a player I can't even like. He defender though. Like, yeah, he's a, defense, he's a defensive player of the year. Plus, you know his politics first and, team, all and, all and, and he, listen, he also a foreigner. I mean, you got to realize that it's a business. Yeah, it's like you know we getting these guys from overseas. They're going to tune in more. We can't have them in the league and nobody make the All-Star I wouldn't team. be surprised yeah. if his jersey sold as much as some of the main motherfuckers. Oh, yeah, in this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The NBA, you know he's probably, he probably a god in this country. Yeah. Especially when they For go sure. home. They go yeah. home. You know how many jerseys summer. y'all sold? Yeah. I don't even know, but I know. They got a whole jump <laughs> on it. Where are you from? Y'all mean? China. No, no. Where oh, France. 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 So, yeah. That's why a preseason game could be in France. Oh, yeah. Minnesota can play somebody in France and that's sell out. Yeah, make some money. Listen, the league gonna make some money off you. Yeah, for sure. All right, to bring it back, like, so while you was in LaSalle, what was it like juggling being a father and a student athlete? Well, it wasn't all that difficult because, like I said, all I it, it was just a year. Like, yeah, you know, ninety four. He was born. I graduated in ninety five. He was he had born January ninety four. I graduated ninety five in May. So it was like. Probably like 14 months. Like, I mean, I worked out in the summertime. He was down. He was with me in the summertime, down at the house. So it was like, and then, like I said, being as though I was at LaSalle, I was only 25 minutes away. Yeah. It wasn't all that different. Then I had a great supporting cast. My mom, my sister, his mother, his family. Know, so it was like, yeah. It was, so it was like, you know, it was a no-brainer, really. It wasn't, I, I, like, it wasn't no struggle. Yeah. So what advice would you give somebody who was, like, in that position where they had, like, a child young? Well, first off, try, try your best to be careful. Yeah, not, yeah, you know, yeah. Not, 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 yeah. Not. But like I said, the position I was in, I was about to get out of school. It wasn't yeah. like I was a freshman or a sophomore. Because my first two years, it was like I still was adjusting to school. School work, like, uh, man, traveling with the team, like, all that stuff was killing me in the beginning. But once I got it down, it was easy. And, like, the position I was in as far as, like, on the team, I could do things. Like, I can go to my coach and say, listen, I got to go home. Or can I leave early for certain – like, when we yeah. would come back from trips, guys would have to go back to school. I could just leave. Like, I would have my mom or somebody pick me up from the airport, and I would come down to South Philly and be with my son or whatever. Yeah. And I just – like, that would be, like, a Saturday. Say if we, we got back from somewhere Saturday night, 7 o'clock, I didn't have to be back to school until, like, 12 o'clock Monday afternoon. You ever so. brought in any practices? Yeah, Spud was like, man, I just everywhere, man. Like, listen, in between Spuddy and my, my nephew Kareem, like, they was my first two sons. Protect your body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Checked your body. So you, ba- yeah, you basically already was experienced because you had Mook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was so like, like a- that was my my first son before I had my real son. Yeah. Shout out to Mook. Shout out Mook. <laughs> well, crazy. It's a good one. A lot of people don't know this too that you know you tried out for the Lakers. Speak oh, on that. A lot of people yeah, don't know that. Um, uh, how can I say that? Yeah, I tried out for them, and just say that if the season started on a Friday, I got released Thursday, like seven o'clock that night. It was like they drafted some guy named Frankie King that I wanted to play against um, overseas a couple years afterwards. Um, crazy work. Destroyed. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's a good dude, though. But what wound up happening was like that showed me that situation showed me that NBA is definitely a business because yeah. unlike now, what they'll do to get rid of certain people is like the situation KD in. Mm-hmm. KD signed the contract, so they're trying to match his money and getting you know getting elsewhere. Else. Yeah. Back in the day, it was like you had a contract. They wasn't trading you. It was like they was going to be loyal to you. Just say all four of us got contracts. And there's another guy that come in and try out for the squad. But the other guy is nice. And we don't know that we didn't know he was nice. So we don't give him a contract. We give him a, a non-guaranteed partial contract. Mm. So it's like, okay, they want bodies in training camp. So they have a rookies camp. Then they have a, a veterans camp. Like sparring partners, yeah. Type. Not not expecting that the the guy that they bring in gonna put in work. work. Crazy work. So now it's like it's like a numbers game. Now we got all our guaranteed contracts, and we got to say two guys we drafted. The two guys we drafted, we got to give them a contract. We already got the guarantees. Mm-hmm. Now this guy come, it's like we can't. We not cutting nobody. They committed too early yeah, to some exactly. bullshit. Yeah. Basically, that's what it was. Like I remember having my last conversation with Jerry West, and he was like, "It's a situation where though we we selected this guy, but we didn't know you was going to outplay him the way you outplayed him, and you a better fit for us." So okay, he was like, "It's not personal." He's like, "It's just these guaranteed contracts don't leave nobody wiggle room." Like now, like from back then to now, you can work something in there. Man, you got a ten day, and, and it's like two way contract, oh, yeah. Jones too. If, 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 if I was in this situation now, the way I was back then, it would have went like this: just say they drafted him, and I come on and I'll play him. They gonna send him to the G League, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be on the roster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, think about back then. Like I always tell people, also, it wasn't no AAU ball, wasn't no YouTube, wasn't no G League. So it was like. A one-shot deal. You better perform the best way you can then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they had to see. I never think of it yeah. like that either, though. What? Like, it wasn't oh, no back up. then, it's basically what you can produce while the motherfuckers is watching. Yeah. So, that means you can't handle bad There's game. no, like, highlight rules. I mean, you get that maybe when you playing in college and all that shit, but. It's crazy, though, because I've been saying that, too. Like, you ever missed a lot of, like, the video. Like, I missed the whole video, Jones. A lot of, like. You ever do like a movie like, damn, I can't believe I did that. And you probably like, ain't nobody, somebody probably seen it, but you would want to see that John like play back like this. Or it's like, like now, like I said, you could download stuff, Google stuff, YouTube stuff. And in that era, it was so like, I, I'm a prime example is i never forget going when I went to Nike camp. And this is prior before we all went to college. I watched Jason Kidd, those so many Crazy-ass passes. I'm talking about <laughs> half-court joints, off the rebounds. He only put the ball down, throwing these joints on a, on a dime. 
Touchdown. And, and I was in 11th grade. Us, me, Webber, and all us. He was the only 10th grader there. Damn. And, and it, like he wasn't supposed to be there, but he was so good that he got the good yeah. They they couldn't stop yeah. him. Yo, and he was big. That man, Jason Kidd was like six three, like two hundred and ten pounds, and he was like in tenth grade. And he was fast as hell. Yeah, man, he was thick. He was he looked thick, but he was fast. But he was smart. Like you could tell, he was going to be a quarterback, and wherever yeah. he was going to be, he was going to be successful. Well, uh, damn, we uh, college JK went to uh, California. Uh, yeah, I knew he was on the West Coast. Crazy, damn! So you got a lot of them, like you had to be there moments type shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you some some they got some. A guy by the name of Bill Williams used to tape all our games and start editing stuff and like stuff was scattered throughout the city. Guys had some highlights and stuff for me or whatever, but he probably put out probably like forty percent of the stuff like. It's, I know I'm quite sure it's so much more stuff that I did that he probably got that guys don't have the tapes. I don't even have the tapes. So, You think Will really scored a bean? <laughs> <laughs> you think you really scored a bean? <laughs> shit, it's in the books. He definitely scored it. Because there's a lot of speculation about that, too. Well, he scored a bean? Yeah, nah. What's the second, uh, besides something, though, like, what's the second? I know Maurice Rice, like, second in the pub. Like, what's the second, like, oh, highest? Are talking about all-time uh, yeah. points? Yeah. It's him, right? Him? It might be Reese Rice. It might be Kobe, too. Yeah, Kobe did have a lot of points. At, uh, damn, I forgot a little about See, but this is, this, this is what I always say about that. Because I remember seeing, um, I was in the mall by myself, and I saw Reese Rice, and I saw a couple of his boys. So they was like, um, yo, Boy scored two thousand all this. I'm like, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so they was like, they knew who I was. So I was like, yeah, I was. I said, well, who was he playing against? Because to me, it seemed like whenever he was playing, he was playing against guys that wasn't that good. I said, my era, man, I played against She Wallace. I played against Aaron McKee, Pooh Allen, Alvin Williams. I was like, I, was like I, I said, I played against all pros. Like, how many pros he played against? And the thing that, that stood out to me was. When he when he finally did play against a pro, they told me he laid an egg. Yeah, they said when he got the college or whatever, they said no, he couldn't. No, but when he got when he played against LeBron, they said he he come to your city and he outplayed. Oh don't yeah, get, yeah, he did. And play. don't get me wrong, like out, uh, LeBron gonna play outplay at least ninety nine percent of the guys, but I'm saying at least represent because I heard LeBron had a monster game, and I think he had like five or six points or something like that. Damn. That's the game where he got the crossover off, but yeah. he airballed it. Yeah. That right there showed me that you you wasn't really locked in. And then I heard when he when he got to college, it's like he said he couldn't score no more, right? Forgot how to score. So I'm not, my thing is like they call him the score lord. Like, all right, what's <laughs> score lord of score lord of high school? Yeah, because he, some people got the knack for scoring at every level. Mm. Like you know, I scored. I averaged thirty in sixth grade. 30 in 7th, 8th grade, 30 in high, in, high, in high school, 41 in high school, 25, 26 in college. I went overseas and averaged 30 points. Like, every level, I scored a lot of points. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't stop me from putting points up because I played against better competition or, you know what I mean, played in a different place other than the home court. Like, yeah. some guys is only comfortable with being at the crib or being around their homies or whatever. Sometimes you got to do it on your own. Where did you go at overseas? I played in Italy, okay, and I played in Greece. Two of the best experiences I ever 
had my life, man, because you got to see different things, like different scenery as far as, like, you see how other people live besides yourself. And fashion-wise, I got to see clothes before they they came out. Mm -hmm. I got to see, like, my first time I ever saw a flat-screen television. Over there? Before they even came over here. It was like in in 96. First time I ever seen a flat-screen television, me and my man was going to get something to eat. And we walked past the electronic store, and we looking in the store, and uh, we like we double back like, "What's that?" The TV was like about this big, and this time, you know, back in the day, we still all had floor models or the big <laughs> the joints. Yeah, the fat, you fat, yeah. yeah, yeah fucking static on shit like a station wagon. <laughs> and like and most of the time, you know how when they be having like uh, like say gator shoes and. Maybe like made in Italy and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I seen so many Gators and Gucci's and I seen all this stuff prior to it coming here. So they had, they make great jewelry. So oh yeah, for so, sure, for sure. But it's definitely a place to go if you want to go on a vacation. Beautiful place, man. It's like always nice weather. I mean, great people. Historic too, historic. Yeah. And basically everything now that they know a lot of people from. United States come over, they don't Americanize a lot of stuff. Because when I first got to Italy, I used to have had to have a special plug for my TV because our plugs yeah. wasn't going in. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. it's weird the little adapter Jones. Then like you know you you got the uh, subtitles and all that. But as I I was over there, you know, as time went on, they start Americanizing stuff. So they would have like you could turn the subtitles uh-huh. on, or you could. Listen to them in their language, or listen to them in our language, like and like that's like I said, they just start picking up the pace with like all the up to date stuff. What was the competition like? Um, Crazy work. It was cool because um, <laughs> I played in the top league. Like I played against um, I don't know if y'all know dude. They had a, they called it the um, damn what's it called? It was a uh, at Georgia Tech. It was um Kenny Anderson, Brian Oliver, and Dennis Scott. Mm-hmm. Brian Oliver, I played against Brian Oliver. I played against a guy named uh, Mike Mitchell, who was um, who played with George Iceman Gervin back in the day with the Spurs. Nice. I played against Byron Scott. Mm. Uh, dude played for the uh, Celtics back in the day. Um, Dino Rajan. Like I played against a lot of guys and another guy from down down from Philly named Jonathan Haynes. He went to Germantown. Uh, Germantown. Um, oh, he was already over there. Yeah, he was on another squad. He went, he played in Germantown's um, friends. He went to Temple, then went to Villanova. He a good friend of mine. He played over there. I mean, like I said, the competition it was good because what they do is and it's basically the the, uh, the league you in. Like if you in lower levels, okay, you ain't gonna be playing against nobody. You be playing against tra- trash truck drivers and stuff like that. <laughs> but if you're in the top level, most of the time it's always either a pro. Or X Pro, I mean yeah. the top level. So, yeah, it, it was cool. It was cool. Tell them about the business of it. Like I remember you was telling me, you said like, say if you over there winning, they love oh. you when you are over there winning. Oh, when yeah. you losing, they hold the niggas' paychecks and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, overseas, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, every every team got two two um, Americans. Say me and Mike on one team, y'all to another spot. I like us. We winning, our squad winning. So. Just say we, we get paid the 15 for every month. While we winning, the money going to be there. It's going to be hitting every 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 month, the 15. You start losing, they start, just say you're getting 10000 a month. You start losing, 
You go, you go look the following month. You got seven thousand. <laughs> like okay, so you got to keep in tag. Well, then they owe me three grand. The following month, y'all still losing. You might get five grand. So it was like what they would do was play with your money, and being as though you from the states, it's not like you got your agent there. You got a lawyer there that can stay on top of them. Yeah. And basically, like the Italian guys and the Greek guys that live there, man, they pay them peanuts, man. Mm. So. Anything they get them is great for them because of their situation. Mm-hmm. But I remember one time arguing with um, the owner of the um, team I was playing with. I was like, listen, man, I don't live over here. I got a family at home. I got a newborn son. I was like, I need to pay bills. I need to send money home. I was like, it's great being over here, but I could walk away from this if I'm going to be getting jerked. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah. the situation is like, basically, they want you to win. And that's the only thing they worry about is winning because over there, they invest in, like, car companies, just say the airport. They make money, but they only make make money if you're winning. If you're losing, you can lose a sponsorship like this. And I I, I get it. But, like I said, the thing I don't get is, like, y'all don't. Select people that y'all want to play on the squad. It's almost like a commission-based pay for us. Yeah, like, like y'all basically... Select who y'all want, and when everything going great, everything going great. But when everything go bad, y'all start you know, dicking people around. Cause yeah. it was a, when I went when I was in, went to Greece, man, they they was cutting dudes left and right. I had like six American dudes that was on the squad. Like one dude won't work out, they get it, get him out of here. We played about two, three games. The next guy don't get they get him out of here. So it was like it just was crazy. What they was looking for it all? They just wanted y'all to come over there and burn that shit down. No, it was like I mean, for the most part, like I said, I always I got off majority of the time I was over there. But it was like sometimes, and I don't think they'd be understanding. Even though you got two Americans, you still got foreign guys that's soft, that's that's that don't don't really understand the game. They know they understand the fundamentals, but. Just say those same foreign guys and fundamentals when they play we play against another squad and they got Americans that's tough too. I don't always necessarily gotta match up with them. Right. Because just say I'm playing guard, but the other squad, just say the two squad the squad that y'all on, y'all two forwards. Right. Michael forward and I'm a point guard. Mike gonna guard one of y'all, but I'm not gonna guard one of y'all. So mm-hmm. somebody going one of them foreigners gonna have to guard one of y'all. So You get off on them. Exactly. So they not gonna cut the foreigners because the foreigners is from yeah. over there. They ain't paying them no money anyway. Yeah. And they like they treat them like they was treating them bad. So it was like it was the best thing to happen to them by being on the team. So what they'll do is they'll say the they say the Americans is you know messing up. So they'll just keep bringing them in. That's crazy. And you I remember you was telling me too, you said like then you back then you had to like when you got money over there, John, you had to how you doing planes now? You gotta write how much you bringing back over. He said he like put it in his oh, boot yeah, and run that John. You couldn't you couldn't um you couldn't take over ten grand with you, mm-hmm. so when I used to come home, I used to take like nine thousand and put it inside my boot, my Thames or whatever, and they would never like check you. Put it like this: they knew I played basketball, so it was like, just say we all going through the line, and y'all don't play, but I play. Where you playing it? They pretty much I'm on I'm on front of the newspapers. I'm in the magazine, so yeah. they know me, so they gonna let me get on the plane or whatever. And just say I got, like, five grand in my pocket. Even, like, when I go check in, I pull my money out. They see my money. They're like, that ain't a lot of money. Yeah, they don't let me go. Yeah, yeah. I, my bags I put on, but I got my money. 
straight laced under my under my <laughs> under my boot. Because you got to think about it. Like when you get paid over there, we wasn't getting taxed. And if you take ten grand. They gonna tax you. Tax you. Yeah. Like six. yeah. So like, man, I'm not gonna lose. He beat the IRS. Yeah. He went. He went from six three to six five. That's like crazy. Standing on all that bread. That's crazy. So we could speak on like you know we got know a lot of athletes in the city too that like get in trouble take like take the bad path like yeah. just speak on your experience you know getting locked up doing time and you know um, coming back. See. All right. Um, how can I say it? I grew up in a house with two women, my mom and my sister. So it was like, you know, some, like a lot of people always say sometimes guys get into the drug game or get into bad habits because they want certain stuff. Like they want cars, houses, and girls and all that. Dude. My whole motivation for hustling was I saw how hard my mom worked, especially after my father left. My mom was working two jobs. My sister was there. And it was me. Then when my sister had my nephew, it was like, wow. You know, my mom doing all this extra stuff. My sister got to worry about her son. And, like, at that time, they just basically told me to play basketball and stay out of trouble. Like, I never was a troubled kid. Yeah. I always respect my peers. I always did what I was told. But in the same token, I also respected what my mom was doing. And I didn't want my mom to be killing herself for us. So that's how I got into hustling. It wasn't no, I needed a Benz or yeah. I needed a big house. So you had noble reasons. Like most yeah. people having selfish. That's respectful. Super, yeah. That's, that's should respectable. Be superficial. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'd rather, like I said, I'd sacrifice and make sure that my mom, my sister, my nephew at the time. Yeah, you jumped in. Yeah. Took care of. So what wound up happening was I had a knack for making money. So as the years went on, I would basically just say, get whatever product I got. I had a couple of friends that I dealt with. Created a system where though we knew we was gonna make breakdown or whatever, and go from there. And like it went on for years, like from actually from southern to when I was at LaSalle, like twenty minutes away, 20, 25 minutes away from the crib. I can come home, get my laundry, collect my money, holler at my boys, go back to school, and stay out the way. Right. You know that was just. An ongoing process, and like I said, in the process of me getting the money, here, mom, here goes some extra money, nephew, here go a couple of dollars, sister, here go a couple of dollars. And when I, I guess, when I guess, when I went overseas and I started making some real money, things just, I just took things to another level and um, was able to do the same thing, make sure my boys were school, and um, pretty much oversaw everything. Why everybody yeah. take care of everything. Like, we just had a system. Like, you know, I didn't treat nobody, like, no flea or nothing like that. Like, right. y'all was my homies. We all sacrificing. And and in all honesty, I always say my friends sacrifice a little bit more. Being so I could get it, but they out there moving it. Yeah, like, right. man, listen, so they take the like, risk, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not going to sit and say, because I'm, I'm who I am, I get 70% and y'all, nah, listen, we're going to break down everything. Right. Even, if, even if it came to just say, I got thirty percent. You got twenty five percent. You got twenty five percent. You got twenty. I might got a little bit more, but it's but fair. It's fair. Like yeah. nobody, like 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 with any of my friends, and that was just it went on, went on, went on, went on until, like I said, I I got home because I had an experience with. Um, I had a couple experience when I was overseas, but money after a while, like we 
I'm playing in these cities, and we, we keep going through the same thing every year. Teams owe you money because you're starting to lose, so they stiffen you with your paper. So it's like, man, I can't keep going through this. So my second year increased, they start acting funny. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go home and take a break from basketball for a little bit. Because people don't understand that at that time, I went from, just say, from a nine-year-old boy to I was probably like 23, 24, straight, just playing basketball. Like, I never, I never stopped. Injuries. Yeah, you like knew. you said, that's all I knew. Workout, basketball, play for this team, play for this squad, workout, summer league. Like, I never took breaks. So, like, I needed to take a break. So... In the process, I'm in the street, indulging the stuff I'm indulging in. And I wound up catching a case from basically trying to help a friend of mine that somewhere down the line we found out that the police was on him because mm-hmm. he wound up uh, selling them guns, stuff to the guns and All other extra stuff. extra shit that, that ain't got nothing I, to do with you. got nothing to do with me. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and like going through that whole process, it was like when I got down there, they was like, I'll never forget the cops showing me um, like a stack of pictures. So I'm like, damn, I'm hoping none of my pictures are on this. All the pictures is my co-defendant. They got him passing them guns, passing them drugs. There were no pictures of him. They got, they got me on a conversation, but the conversation was... Um, Nothing co- crazy. My, no, my, yeah. co- my co-defendant called me and like, uh, he said something online, like, can I meet him somewhere? I'm like, yeah, I got you. That was it. The only thing I said, like, yeah. yeah, I got you. So, you know, we go we go through the process. And it, I thought it was a state joint, wound up being a federal joint. So the feds is different because of the amount of drugs we had. So it was like um, my co-defendant was looking at, shit, they was trying to give him 20 to 30 years. So he wasn't trying to do that. So he flipped the script or whatever. He put me in a position where so I had to. Take a plea. So I took the plea for 10 years. Did my um, 10 years. And uh, two years prior to me coming home, my co-defendant was home because he wound up not only flipping on me, but he got ready to do he did He did a lot of extra with a lot of other people. So that's how he got home before me. But people always ask me how I felt about that situation. Like, man, at the end of the day, like, you know, I put myself in that situation. Like, I never mm-hmm. I never cried over spilled milk. I never pointed my fingers at nobody. I didn't even point my fingers at him because I dealt with him prior to us getting, getting locked up. And he was always a stand-up guy. But I understand the pressure got put on him because he had little state cases, you know, doing little Petty two shit. years yeah. and stuff like that. But seeing the feds, it's like, they hold your whole criminal history against you. It's like, this your criminal history times two. So he went from just say some state stuff where he might got five years, maybe ten years, to the feds. I was like, nah, we giving you 30 years because you got convictions, you got open cases, and the stuff that you was just selling. So mm-hmm. I get it. Like, and that was, what year was that? That was 01, right? Like uh, 01. Right. Man, I got, we got locked up December 6th. Now, we got locked up December 6th, 2000. I, I started my bid. I started my bid December December eighth, two thousand and one, and came home February 9th, two thousand ten. His birthday. Yeah. So, I mean, I had a lot of time to think. Like I said, I ain't 
it's something that happened, man. Like I ain't proud of it, but I don't regret it because, like you I learned said, from it too. I learned from it. And then on top of it, like I said, I got into it not for no selfish reasons. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I respect it. So yeah. you weighed, you weighed I, everything. Yeah, and I was, and and like unlike to see my Cody, like he was broke, pop, he was fucked up. I put myself in a position through all those years that at least like my first five to six years. I left money with though my kids was cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like to say my last three years, I could I could call somebody or call another person like, yo, I need fifteen hundred, I need thousand dollars, take it to my mom, and I could get it with no problem because I yeah. never left a you know a bad report with nobody. Mm-hmm. And I always tried to help people. So the I had real good friends that were solid, so they knew the type of person I was because if the shoe was on other foot, you I would do the same, do the same thing. thing for them. So like I said, it's I can't believe it's going on um, 13 years I've been home. So this is so what, advice, what advice would you give somebody that maybe – I'm trying to figure out a word. Basically, somebody that's going to learn. Though, not yeah. no not no, no dickheads get locked up and they keep going back. Somebody yeah. that learn like that they hear from that job. Well, like I said, I, I, I will never, ever disrespect somebody for hustling because one time is crazy far as like – People don't, like, there's a lot of guys who don't get through school. They're not educated, and they only know the streets. So right. if that's the environment you grew up in. All I'm telling you is to be careful. I'm not telling you that's what you should do, but if you do it, I won't knock you for it. You can't blame the ignorance. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, your environment is your environment. Yeah. Sometimes guys can't escape it. But, I mean, you got to definitely worry about your surroundings, worry about if you're with the right people. And um, if you can... Get in and get out. Do what you got to do. But in the same token, like I said, I would never tell somebody, look, man, just go out there and sell drugs, hustle, blah, blah, blah. You know, it is what it is when it, when it comes down to it. If you got good intentions, man, and that ain't where your heart is, like you trying to do something or achieve a goal and you can get away with it, do your thing, man. For sure. You're going to get adjustment, too. Like, when you first, like, you know, it's always, like, I always remember, like, watching Power. Kane was saying, like, when he first went to jail, like, he like, yeah, nigga, you went here now. Like, he just, like remember he's laying yeah. down in the bunk. He like, yeah. so that's, like, an adjustment for you, like. Man, I just remember being in the joint and they cutting the lights off. They cut the lights on. Lights go out at 11, uh, at 10 o'clock. They come back on 5 o'clock in the morning. And like in the feds, they you gotta have a job. Like, I don't care what you're doing. If you're cleaning the dormitory, working in the kitchen, keep landscaping, in. they got you doing something. So it just made me understand that I put myself in a situation that I never want to be put in no more. And I done seen guys while I was locked up go home and come back. Mm. While and you was in there. While I was in there. And then when I came home, I seen guys go back to jail. So it's like I just never wanted to put myself in that position. It's like, at the end of the day, it's like any other thing. It's a learning experience. You learn from your mistakes. You go through something, and if you're smart, you ain't going to go through it again. And that's just that's just my whole thought process. Like, I don't have a problem with getting up and going to work every day. And it's funny because prior to my case or whatever, I never worked, I never worked before in my life. I mean, I always mm-hmm. put myself in a good position where I always had money. I because I was a, I was always been a saver. Like a, I'm a type if I get my hand on five thousand, I'm gonna put forty five hundred up. Mm. And and even with that five hundred, I'm gonna really 
work that way as though it's going to be beneficial to me. I ain't going to run through no money. So I'm going to always put myself in a good position. Even like I said, when I went, when I got locked up, it was like I saw how my co-defendant had no money for a lawyer. Like I had a lawyer. So the writings was basically on the wall. Yeah, the writings yeah. on the wall. Yeah. Like basically, it's a blueprint to it, man. Like some people can follow it to a T and some guys could go outside the lines. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you saw about your first day and how when you was getting out, like how oh, that, I know that's a great I feeling. Mean, it, it, like, I remember you I got mean, that shit was like then the myth is like yeah, I, yeah, I ain't yeah. never met him in person when I was young, but I don't yeah, remember. Man. And it's like he home now, he came to it, see us in our It was like going in that place, man, and go, doing all that time is like it was some years is it to me. I don't even remember some years. Like, they just flew, man. Because like, I kept myself occupied. I always played ball. I did a lot of reading. I worked out a lot. It was like you can get yourself in trouble in jail or you can just do your time. Like, people be always sitting there saying this is a bad thing or niggas do this to you and you got you don't have to go through none of that. <laughs> <laughs> jail, is, jail is what you make of it, man. Like, you can be going there and be a dickhead and get in trouble and stay in a bunch of crap or you can go in there and have a smooth bit. Like, for the most part... I had a smooth bed. I ain't really had, I ain't no issues. Like, I was cool with dudes. And I started at Allenwood, Low, out White Deer, Pennsylvania. They shipped me to Texas, right? Texas, out Beaumont. I was there for about was three like? years. Hot. Shit, man, it was hot. I used to play basketball shit, on Christmas and Thanksgiving. It used to be 100 degrees out there. Damn. With the dudes from um, Houston and from um, Louisiana, New Orleans. But. It was cool. It was cool. And then when I got finished, I finished up at Fort Dix. Oh, came home. And they, yeah. And they, uh, you met any like, like lifelong friends or homies? Yeah, I got a, I got a dude that I messed with. Uh, used to cut my hair from Richmond. <laughs> a guy named Mike Mason. I got a guy from uh, uh, Newport News named Tay Jones. That was my man. I mean, I still talk to these dudes. A guy from New York named Chicken Wing. <laughs> he, got, yo, he got a little arm, man. But he oh, was, shit. He was, he was, that's, a, that's a crazy nickname. He was super thorough, man. That's my man. Chicken wing is yeah, wild. Like I, um, I, I still communicate with some guys. That I, 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 it's crazy as it may sound. I always tell people this, too. Just say you ain't got to go to jail. Sometimes you get better relationships with guys. Just say from North Philadelphia or West Philly than the guys in your own neighborhood. Because the guys from your own neighborhood sometimes got hitting agendas, man. I went yeah. to college. Yeah, yes. I went to Because I went to college, so it was like, I, I know, like, I peeped the outside, and I'm just like, damn, like, I met more thorough motherfuckers up here who willing to be they self yeah, than being around a bunch of motherfuckers who trying to put on the front and man, crashing like, out about it. It's like guys in your neighborhood is like crabs in the barrel, man. It's like they they see that you trying to get out the barrel. So then they, they, they going to do everything in their power. Exactly Knowing good and well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they, they don't want you to get out. Like yeah. they see you doing something positive instead of them saying push you like, go ahead, man, do the, be the best you can be. Like, and I ain't going to lie. Like me personally growing up through high school, college or whatever, I never had a, nobody around me that would put you in a situation. Would put me in a bad situation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had I, I had guys when I was young like, listen, man, you ain't got to do nothing. Like, you need some sneakers. We know you're playing ball or whatever. You need some hoodies whatever. We got you. Come yeah. through. But stay out the streets or whatever. And them the type of dudes that I love that, that I was around. That's a real old head right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they exactly. And like I said, I was, me personally, I was a loner, man. Like, since I was the only boy in the house, like, I know how to be by myself. Yeah. So when I went away to college and I had my own apartment, I was cool. 
when I went and did my bid, I was cool. Like, you know, I can do a lot by myself. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's a little easier when you with somebody, but some guys go crazy when they buy Body themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you said that, though, too. Like, me. <laughs> he ain't got no sense of self. No, but I'm glad he said it, though, like, too. Like, man, I'm like, we met working and shit like that. Yeah. He more like close than some of my friends I grew up with. So it's like, as long as somebody in the same lane as you, too, is like, you know. You just got to be willing to grow. Yeah. yeah. If you're willing to grow and network, I feel like the God will put the right people in your life. You just got to be willing to accept it. Then even like speaking of your big, you know, they always say like, you just don't do your bid by yourself, your family do it. I remember, I never forget this day when they, like you was getting locked up. Grandma broke it down to me to like you was going to work and you wouldn't be back for 10 years. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, what kind of job is that? I'm Crazy work. I'm like, yo, like, it was in her room. I never forget yeah. this day she broke it down to me. But you know, as you get older, because like years when he was in Houston, I never went out Houston to see him. So it was like yeah, them yeah, years yeah. I would talk to him on the phone. But when he came back to like, he went to uh, Fort Dix, you know, that's in Jersey. He was right back like we never left. But you know, just like, you know, your family missed them years and whatnot, but like you said, though, we ain't never need nothing. Like, my grandma and my aunt, they always held it down. I remember I had, like, a... I, I, like, like I said, man, like, uh, the guy that I, I was just laughing at. Chicken wing. Chicken, chicken wing. I'll never forget one time we was in jail, and it was a guy, it was, some, it was some thorough guys from his neighborhood, but it was one guy that was a smoker. <laughs> and um, he said he remember him calling, telling, telling he's like, yo, chicken wing's talking to somebody. He's like, yo... Boy, walk past. Said, yo, who? I'm talking to so and so. He's like, yo, tell him I said what's up. He's like, yo, tell him to send me a hundred dollars or send me send me a thousand dollars. And I remember Chicken Wing talking about. He told the boy. The boy's like, hold up, hold up. Listen, that nigga was out here smoking, man. He was doing all types. <laughs> he said he was out here doing all types of dumb shit, man. He said I sent him a hundred dollars, man. He's a hundred dollar nigga. He ain't no thousand dollars. Yo. So it's like, like it's like you said. It's just putting the right guys around you or being around the right guys. And then like you said. The right guys is gonna come come to you, man. You yeah. ain't, you ain't. I'm quite sure y'all wasn't looking for each other. No, thorough, no. thorough, yeah, recognized, sure thorough. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sure. Like you ain't gonna be around no lames. And if you know somebody a lame, you gonna separate yourself. Yeah, from for them. sure. And then if you got the right motherfuckers around you, any situation is bearable. That's so real right, that. though. Real right. Can't. Yeah, like you said, though, that crab in the barrel mentality. That's real, though. Like that is. Just like even people be saying, like, yeah, I see you doing like your little podcast or something like that. That's that that's mentality. Fine. Little podcast, yeah, that's fighting words. Shit, shit. Like, I had some girls say that earlier. I had that. I, I wanted to hang up so bad, but it just be like, mm. podcast, that don't be understand. That don't be understanding though. So it'd be like, <laughs> you know, like it is what it is. No, it's like y'all y'all doing this because y'all y'all got goals and y'all got a vision. Yeah. Same people saying that type of stuff. Just say y'all achieve y'all goals and y'all get to where y'all want to be and y'all up here and they still here. Mm-hmm. Like damn, you remember that last that little that little podcast comment? Now you want to get on it? Nah, motherfuckers yeah. don't know how to put. A, like I swear to God, yo, the craziest thing that like the most thing I ever learned from was when I seen somebody who started something and like a year or two later quit. The year went by fast as shit to me, and they was putting the work in that whole time. Next thing yeah. you know, you see the big difference that it made. And I gotta give my aunt a shout out. I don't give her a shout out. She had killed me. Oh, yeah, shout out sure. to my aunt Kim. <laughs> aunt Kim the goat. They held it down. My pop was going. I gotta give him a shout out. She, she won't let me live. I had, I had I had one of the smoothest. Like I said, I had a smooth smooth bit, man. It ain't nothing to glorify, nothing like that. But my family, which means everything to me, did everything possible for me to be comfortable without me having to worry about like you know my kids' well beings. Or their safety or whatever, my mom health and all like that. Because the biggest thing with me was I always used to worry about something happening to my kids or something, my, my mom or my sister or something. 
while I was away. Because I seen a lot of people go through that and they couldn't go home and they stuck there. Like, I was like, man, just every day I'm praying, making sure everybody's healthy so I can get back to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any questions? Uh, what's your take on like the 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 league now, like the NBA now, like who um, you, who you like and you know? I mean, Golden State is like the standard. Like they play basketball the right way. You know what I'm saying, like you got a child or something, you want them to watch guys play play the right way. That's that's the team to watch. I mean, you could even go as far as saying um, Milwaukee too. Milwaukee do the same thing. Okay. But, I mean, like, the game to me is faster, more athletic. And like y'all said, it ain't no centers no more. So, it's like. More everybody's you, skilled kind of, right? Yeah, you can go out there and, and win a championship without a center. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, even though Durant is seven feet tall, you could use him as a center. You could say he's a center. But he, he, no center. he got guard skills and foul yeah. forward skills. Like, yeah. that's how the game is. Like I said, besides Embiid and Joker, how many guys you got that can put the ball on the floor? Because. Yeah. Rudy Gobert can't. Right. At all. So, the game is, I mean, it's. It's, it's almost like your five got to be able to at least shoot the three. Yeah. To even play in today's game. Yeah. I would, yeah. Golden State, though, like one of them teams, like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, say you could just. Like, like the new Spurs. That, but I'm saying, like, you could always, you could add any piece to them and they're going to make it work. Like, say they add a KD, you could add, like, a. when you go there, you know. You yeah. got a role. Because yeah. Steph. Wiggins. Play. They turned Wiggins' whole career around in yeah. Golden State, so. Yeah, like, like you said, it's. They got a hell of a system with though. So they turn KD career. They always they always pick the right people to fit in their in they, yeah, system. Like believe me, you put something in there that's gonna mess it up. They gonna get it out of there. Of course, they ain't got no egos either. Yeah, that's the, that's the main. Yeah, thing. They I think they gonna be back though. They play like, unselfish basketball and they play team basketball and like yeah. they basically feel like if Steph can win, everybody else can win. Mm-hmm. And Steph, if you got to, you got a leader that's like man. Even though I know I'm the guy, but Clay can get off and Wiggins can get off, and even when KD, KD can get off, and I we still can win. It ain't no big. Not even that. Him letting Jordan Poole start was a testament to how he remember he let him start the first yeah, like them yeah. first round. So that's like that's for the betterment of the team yeah. right there. Like I, you got to sacrifice. Yeah, not everybody willing to do that. Shit. Yeah, I'd be a player like Steph for real, for real. To be honest, I don't know. I, I'm gonna say to my team, I think a sleeper this year. If they all held, I think the Clippers probably be back. Like. I think they probably go Western. But him, Kawhi and PJ, they probably go Western Conference Finals against the Warriors. It depends, though, because Phoenix, for Phoenix, they laid a goose egg against the Mavs game seven. Who that? The Suns. Remember, they folded the game seven, got smoked um, by, like. I'm trying to think. Didn't um, the Mavericks get somebody good this year? Yeah, Christian Wood from the Rocket. That's a big pickup. Yeah. I got a question. It's out the blue. You, what, was your, what was your last conversation with Cole? Actually, it was through somebody. A guy named um, Littell. Littell, he threw this um, checkball magazine in Philly. And he was he was in California at some kind of camp. And Cole was there. And me and him talked. And it was like Cole was explaining to me that when he came on the East Coast, we was going to link up. And he was going to put me down with something with Nike. Something, something, something that we was going to do. And... um. I think this was going to before he, I think this was before he even towards Achilles or right before he retired. So it was like I would I I, I started having more conversations with his father, Joe. Yeah, with yeah. Jelly Bean, and sparingly with the Bull Littell and Kobe. 
But like I said, it never materialized because he passed away. Yeah. And um, I mean, all the conversations were good. Whenever we talked, it was like it was always all yeah. love. Was, that was my man. I mean, he was. Y'all used to pop shit. Good. Yeah, I mean, I was, that was my <laughs> guy, man. That was my man. Did Joe? So when you went to Italy, was that near where Joe played that or no? Yeah, yeah. I was in a city called Caserta. I was like an hour away, from, you know, like forty five minutes from this place called Naples. Yeah, like, and it's funny because. Man, he was man. He they still talk about him in it down there, John. Like you know, when they had they squad like in the early '80s, he was the man. So it was like you know when I talked a couple like cause I got me and me and this guy named Derek Petit, we got down there and we had got cool with this man who had um, owned um, a chicken store, a rotisserie store. We give him tickets to come to the game and his family. We know his crib. He would feed us or whatever. We go to the store. He got cool. And he used to tell us all kinds of stories about Jelly Bean. Yeah, Jelly being a real good dude. He in good, he in good shape. Oh, he good. Uh, Y'all nothing to worry about. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, it was another fight. <laughs> Yo, I never forget this story. I tell him my man. Tell him like, yeah, my pop tried to put a Lakers. I'm like, Derek Fisher made. It. He said, how the fuck? He's like, oh, he said, how the fuck Derek Fisher make it? You know, like, you know, fish. Oh, I mean, he, he was solid. Oh, and I was like, he's like, how the hell did Derek Fisher make it? Like, I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he came after me too. Like, he's like, you guys just look at like some guys. Like, how can I say, like, it's timing. And sometimes guys... Perfect timing, yeah, like, yeah. Like, some guys, it's timing. Like, there's a lot of guys that snuck in the league that I can actually say, if they was in my era, wouldn't have had a chance. Right. But I can always flip it and say, if I was in their era, it would be in the, I would have been the first round. Yeah, like, sure no, thing. No, no, yeah. no brainer. But, you know, different time, different era. And I, like, always compare it to how people always say Jordan, the best player. Of all times, but Jordan wasn't even making all his money on his team. Mm-hmm. He didn't start. He made his last two contracts for the Bulls was thirty million and thirty five million. But prior to that, he was getting he was making seven million, six million dollars. But now, new day, new age, Scrubs making it. Man, this yeah. shit. This, I think LeBron signed for ninety million with Nike before he even played basketball. Yeah, yeah. so it's like Zion, Zion made it's a team before he even. That's what I'm saying. Guaranteed. So it's totally different to now. Different era. I would say. I always say this too, though. I don't. Know, people, you know, say say it's hard to make the NBA, but now, no, you can go from college. See how you average twenty five in college, and they can average eight in college and make it up potential. Like you yeah. got people that ain't play a year in college they from high school. Them, they got all them like numbers, shit. They yeah. crunch and all that shit. So it's. I mean, they got, they got like, the name. G League. Then um, what's this thing where they they um. This, this reclassification thing? Yeah, they don't. Oh, yeah, y'all ain't had it back then. Oh, this nigga would have been averaging right. 50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. And I, <laughs> like, damn, we thought we got rid of this nigga. And I, and I probably would have got away with it because I was so small. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. no yeah. real big guy. It just gave me an, another year to get stronger yep. and get better. Yeah. See, that's crazy. It's a good joint. I ain't going to hold yeah, it. I like this joint. Yeah, appreciate you got anybody you want to shout out? Anything you want to say to me? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, what? I guess besides um, y'all for bringing me on, I appreciate y'all. Oh, yeah, we had yeah, to do this. Sure, yeah. um, family, mom, sister, wife, kids. Yeah, everybody going to hear it. Grandson. Yeah, you got to make sure you hear that. Make sure you hear Yeah, um, so my grandson, I, I tell him stories. He can't believe it. Man, I got a little cousin named Dave Rue. His, his son, every time he see me, he say, all he talk about is the Lakers. He he make it seem like he got me convinced that I'm Magic Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, my grandson, Dave, um, 
uh, my mom, my sister, my wife. Like I said, my sons, y'all. South home, South Philly. Yeah, appreciate you. No, Love we appreciate you for sure. Definitely one for the books. Yeah, one for the books joint. for sure. Yeah, yeah. We coming for Joe Bryant next. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Ye